All right. Well, welcome. My name is Tom Miller. And if this is your first session with me, I am so delighted that you took the time to invest here today with us. I'm the owner of our uh, school leadership company, Leaders Building Leaders. And, and I wake up every single day to just hope that I add value, be the difference maker in some way, give someone an idea, a thought, a strategy to improve their life so they can improve their ability to educate and lead other people and have a greater impact on the community and it's it's so great to uh, be able to spend time with all of you on this on this thursday afternoon and wherever you're joining us from whether you're on the live call which we greatly appreciate make sure you tell us where you're coming from and feel free to have a conversation on there on the side about you know what what you're learning or what you've read or or what you think other people would uh, benefit from or maybe something good i said or Something like that doesn't make any sense. It's all perfectly fine, right? So the more we discuss and keep it engaged, the more we will learn. And this, this particular call is about transformational leadership and how to specifically maximize your influence with those that you lead. So maximize your influence with those that you lead. And many of you have been on you know, some of our other sessions and or maybe you've read you know, some of John Maxwell's books and I'm a uh, certified John Maxwell coach and a lot of what we're going to learn today comes comes from John how John leads and because he believes that leadership is influence not a title it's uh, it's it's not a position it's not letters before your name or after your name or your surname or anything like that I've learned that as a dad especially during quarantine time that just uh, because I got the DAD uh, um, uh, yeah, name tag it doesn't mean anything <laughs> my kids my kids are barely listening to me anymore when it comes to like trying to get a good night's sleep or being healthy or getting outside or doing anything anything remotely that used to be part of our schedule and you're probably experiencing maybe some of the same but if you're doing better than i am then let me know how to do that right how do you how do you maximize your influence with those that you lead i guess leadership it's not a title so in the chat bar what What's one area that you desire your team or your individuals to execute at a higher level? So your team could be anybody that you, that you uh, want it to be. It could be your team at church. It could be your team, you know, your, your, your T-ball team. Probably nobody's playing T-ball right now. Um, could be your grade level team. Could be your administrative team. You know, what, what's one area that you want them to execute at a higher level? I'll give you 30 seconds to do that. So what's one area that you want them to execute? All right, let's see what we got. We got um, communication. Oh, a double communication. <laughs> Learning from each other. Oh, I like that, Kristen. Yeah, good. Yeah, communication. That's a big one. So you want them to be better at communicating and better at collaborating. I think that's what Kristen's saying, right? Learning from each other, being okay with learning from each other. What else we got? We got a few other folks out there. Oh, collaboration came in too from Kelly. Yeah. So execute at a higher level, right? So, so to know that you want them to execute at that higher level, you, you have to have an understanding of what better communication would look right, right? And that better collaboration and all those other uh, pieces. Now, most of you are probably way too young to remember uh, on the left-hand side here, uh, Kodak film. Now, if you're now, 
I remember when I was in college, so I was in college or even in high school, right? so 1993 to um, 2000, yes, I was in college and high school forever. Uh, you know, you had to physically like buy film, put it in the camera, take the picture and hope <laughs> and hope that the picture was any good because you couldn't see it. If you remember this, right, you know, give me a yes, I remember this or, I, or I've heard of this. Maybe put that in the chat box. Oh, I heard of that, Tom. <laughs> And then you had to go drive it somewhere, right? You had to drive it somewhere. And then, and then they, they would, you know, develop it and you would get handed this envelope back. And so, sometimes that exchange might've been embarrassing, you know, depending on what the, what the picture was, but it took, you know, it took time. It took days compared to now you can take a picture instantly. And if you have enough, you know, followers and internet or not even internet or just, you know, data, you can shoot it across the world or you can shoot a live video. You can shoot YouTubes. You can make sure that your pictures look good. Like it's unbelievable. Now, what's is interesting is that Kodak in the late seventies had the infrastructure and the technology and the idea on digital film, but yet they decided that they did not want to give up their very, very stronghold on film to be able to chase this new entity. Where do you think Kodak is now? They're still around, but they're an extremely small company, barely owning any uh, percentage, right? Or if you remember this, you know, the first, you know, the first Apple computer, which was a revolution in itself. And the in and it was, it was, it was actually you know, discovered X had Emily. They were trying to improve the technology here is how they came across how to make the iPhone. Now, the difference between the two is that Steve Jobs said, hey, we need to, we need to disrupt and we need to disrupt what we're doing, what we're working here. And we need to move to this next, you know, level, which was to create, right? So Kodak had initially created the strategy for the, you know, decided not to move forward to not to execute at an optimum level, to not take a risk, to not, you know, think forward, think as a futurist, and they died. And then what happened to iPhone, right? I mean, Apple risked everything to create the iPhone and the iPad and all those other digital devices. There's more technology in that phone, right, than there is in that big, massive device that used to take up. Or how about this? Like, isn't it exciting to get, you know, to get mail, right? We always used to get really excited, like when we got, you know, physical mail, but now I don't think everybody is excited to get mail. Right? It's like the email has just come. It's way too easy to communicate, right? So the few of you, Stephanie, and um, I can't remember if it was like Kelly or uh, Nicole said, so they want communication to get better on their team, right? Well, everybody communicates all day long. You're constantly communicating. It's way too easy to be able to communicate. Now, whether you can effectively communicate is a whole different thing. Not everybody's as excited to get all those mails. Or how about this? Remember, remember as a family, like, you know, you could go to the store, you know, was it maybe Blockbuster was maybe one of the last ones alive. Like you go to the store physically and you could, you know, you could pick out a movie, <laughs> you know, compared to now, everybody has the ability to stream a video. And, and, you know, my kids, like last night I was freaking out because, you know, Netflix, <laughs> you know, there's too many ki uh, people on Netflix in our house and I can't watch what I wanted to watch. And I was like, you know, this is crazy. But again, years ago, you had to actually physically get up and turn the channel, <laughs> right? And you could only watch what was on. But all that came through higher levels of thinking, higher levels of execution to create 
new uh, products. And, and now, I mean, this one cracks me up. I mean, this is unbelievable. We're 3D printing organs and uh, body parts, right? The school leader recently asked me, he's like, hey, can we turn this school around? Like, is this possible? And I was like, dude, they're 3D printing esophaguses. <laughs> I was like, if they can do that, we can figure out how to improve this school. It only takes thought, right? But here's the thing. The same level of thought that created the problem cannot be the same level of thinking and thought that solves the problem. I'm going to say that again. The same level of thought that created the problem, right? That was, that was attached to the, the, you know, like Kodak, like attached to the film or attached to the, v, you know, to like the VCR. That same level of thought that got you there is not and cannot be the same level of thinking that gets you to the next level. And it's really hard to do that on your own. Now, why is this, why is this important? Why is this, especially for education leaders, is important? Typically, typically in a school, leaders will take you know, their best teacher and move them into a coaching position, right? Or an administrative uh, position, or, you know, someone will say, hey, you know, to like the PE teacher, you're so good with kids and organization, you should be a principal, right? Or whatever. And they, they just, they just like, you know, find, they just, you know, follow this, you know, track, this certification track to become at this next level. Now in charter schools, if you're a charter school leader on this call, you know, we don't, we don't always have to follow the uh, district rules, right? So sometimes we just take our best teacher, we promote him into, hey, you're so good, why don't you be our curriculum coach next year, right? Or why don't you, you know, why don't you this, why don't you do that? Well, the reason why it's important that we learn to develop people and we, and we raise our level of thinking is because of a, a concept or a principle called the Peter Principle. And so this, this, this principle states, and I find it more in education than I have in any other business so far, that everybody at some point in their life will be promoted into a level of incompetence, right? So every employee is going to get promoted based upon their success, right? They're moving up the production ladder. And if you're a, you know, five levels of leadership, you know, person under John Maxwell, you know, the level of production is, is, is a level three. That's a level three leader, but you can't skip the first two levels to get to the level three. But sometimes the promotion just occurs because, hey, they must be good at something, right? Because <laughs> they've gotten themselves to this level. And that was pretty much me, right? I was, just, I was just climbing my own ladder, building my own ladder to be as successful as I could, trying to get as many certifications and things under my belt because I had a gross misunderstanding of what leadership actually is. And leadership is about developing other leaders. And that's why this, this first call, and if you decide to stay with us and, and go through a coaching program with us, which we would love to have you, it's so critical that you learn, you learn how to lead at a high level. So I'm gonna stop there and make sure everybody's with me because we're, we're about to dive into the workbook part here. But if you, if you think I'm on the right track or if like anything I said that resonated with you, you know, throw it in the chat box. If you can still hear me, throw it in the chat box. So I know that you guys are still there with me. Uh, but this is really, really critically important. And I, and I realized through my life 
that it wasn't until I learned how to coach, right? I'd learned, you know, cognitive coaching and, in, um, you know, through my master's program. And it's saying that, that my internet is unstable. So I want to make sure you guys can hear me okay. But as I went through my, my master's program and started to learn how to cognitive coach, that was in 2007. I mean, that's when things started, started to, I started to understand the power of, of, of helping other people unlock to their fullest potential. Right? So what I'm about to share is going to dramatically improve your leadership ability. Right? And I don't make that claim lightly, and I, and I don't go without evidence to back it up. So I'm part of the evidence because I was coached. I learned how to coach, and I've seen what coaching does for other people. Okay? So in the next you know, 30 to 45 minutes or so, I'm going to lead you through an entirely different level of understanding about how to positively influence the people you lead to not only go beyond their existing performance level, but go well beyond what they thought they were ever capable of. And if that's something that you want, say yes in the chat box, right? Say, yeah, that's why I came on this session today. All right, Gwen's still here, Kelly's still here. All right, <laughs> we're good. We got a couple of people who are still here with me. Hopefully we'll, we'll grab a couple more. So regardless of whether your title is a teacher, uh, assistant principal, a coach, a director, it doesn't matter right now. Mom, dad, right? Or maybe you run your own business, right? Or it doesn't matter what it is. You're in the business of growing people. That makes you more a leader than any manager ever, right? You don't manage people. You, you lead people. You manage things. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit. So transformational leadership, right? As a leader of people, you know that the quality of your leadership is always going to be determined by the quality of the relationships that you have with those that you lead, which ultimately determines the level of performance that they're going to give you in return, right? It's all about relationships. And so relationships is the bedrock of our lives, right? I mean, we might not always think about how the quality of our personal relationships impacts our professional success, but but deep down, like we know, like they're really the most important relationships of all. You spend more time with your working, with your working team than typically your own family at times, right? So the bottom line is regardless of your position in your organization, if you're going to be successful, you cannot do it alone. Never more than ever, today especially, uh, your success is fully dependent upon the willing collaboration of others and your ability to influence them beyond their current existing results, their current conditions and circumstances of their lives, which typically holds them back. And all that brings us to the inevitable conclusion that many people completely miss is that the most important skill to master in an organizational leadership today is the art and skill of influence. And I want you to think about it. The ability to influence others isn't a nice to have, right? It's, it's essential. And I can, I can guarantee that you're, you know, we all kind of grew through the same educational system, right? So we didn't attend any classes or courses about how to successfully influence people until maybe we got to some higher level of education. And that's why I assure you that if you're willing to just, just grasp this important message that I'm going to share, 
and then the opportunities, your leadership ability is going to improve dramatically. And, and, you know, again, it's not a promise that I make lightly, but I've seen it and I've watched it. I've, 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 it's happened to me. <laughs> now, so consider this, that we all know that if the speaker's message is going to be heard, that the speaker has to influence uh, the audience, right? So let's just, you know, think about that. Some of you, um, uh, you know, you've been to other uh, sessions, so you're like, oh, that's why I'm going to come, right? Or maybe I've met, you know, some of you face-to-face, but some of you, I'm borrowing the influence of something, right? And maybe I'm borrowing the influence of a, of a friend who said, hey, you should listen to this. Or maybe just some of you just, oh, there's a, there's a webinar today I'm going to hop onto. I have no idea who the speaker is, right? So my time at the beginning is very important because it'll determine whether or not I, I have any influence over what you make your next decision on right so always remember that you're at different levels of influence with every person that you come across in every aspect of your life so if a leader is going to be successful in your primary objective of of improving the results and the performance of those that they lead you have to be you have to be effective in in influencing others but the problem is 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 that much of us were not like likely to admit it most of us aren't very good at influencing, right? So my so my mentor, uh, John Maxwell, which I've already uh, he you know he he says leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. And and there's not a one size fits all to this approach to leadership. Think of a time, think of a time where you had to like substitute teach or maybe had to go into a classroom or you were put into a situation for the first time maybe you were coaching t-ball right or maybe you were you know helping out at the church and you had a you know a, a group of students whether it's a big group or a large group right what what determined their whether they listened to you or not <laughs> right for for some it might have been fear right a positional leadership some sort of fear maybe the person that put you in charge had said hey, you need to listen to this person, right? So you're borrowing the influence. But the influence only comes, you know, it doesn't take very long for people to decide whether they're going to follow you or not. Right? So if, 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 if you've tried to, in, you know, influence people in a, in a meeting where you didn't know them or, you know, like a small group, the same way that we try to influence a, a large group from the stage, it would probably be very unsuccessful. It just, it just wouldn't work. So this is an essential life skill, and it differs from situation to situation. So remember that if you've been on our you know, trainings and you've learned about the relationship compass, you're at a different level of influence with every single person all the time. And it doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter whether you, what you consider yourself. That's irrelevant. <laughs> the fact of the matter is that if you're going to lead others effectively, meaning your influence has to bring improved results and greater success, you have to master this level of influence. So let's, so let's just talk about the difference between management and leadership, right? Because these terms get thrown together a lot as they're almost the same thing and they're not the same thing. They're, they're not even close to the same thing. And I'm not referring to uh, titles. I'm just, re- I'm just referring to the difference in behavior and that impact on uh, people, okay? So management, right? Management uh, is the measurement of people, process, and performance. And leadership is the development of people, processes, and performance. 
Okay, so management is measurement and leadership is development. Okay, and both have their place and their purpose. However, if you're going to influence people and get better results at your school and in their personal lives, you have to lead people. Now, here's, here's the truth. <laughs> people don't want to be managed. They want to be led, right? Talent wants to be inspired, not just measured. It, it wants to grow and improve. Talent strives to be, do, and have more. So if you're going to bring out the best in people, you need to add value to them. And if you're going to add value to them, you need to ensure that you're equipped on how to influence them effectively. And most of us just aren't. <laughs> Think about it in your life. How many, how many people have you come across, right, who are really great influencers, who were, who were taught how to influence people, right? Or how often were you taught how to influence people? And by effectively, I mean to like, it brings permanent results, okay? So remember, management came, might move you an inch, <laughs> but leadership inspires you to do more. That's a big difference, right? That's what we have to look at. So if your people that you currently lead are doing things to the bottom line, or they're doing things, you know, um, in a way that's not at their full potential, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not, you're not leading them. You're managing them. Because most of us have learned to influence just how we were influenced, right? So, and that might work to a certain degree, you know, given most important work of a leader is to influ influence others, but it's kind of leaving it up to, to, you know, to chance, right? And there's some really big assumptions that some, that some leaders make. And one big assumption is that it assumes that the person who's influenced us is highly skilled on how to do it, right? So the person who taught you how to lead was a great leader themselves. And you may have thought them as a great leader because that was maybe the best that you experienced. But it doesn't mean they were a great influencer. They influenced you, but they may not have influenced a lot of people. Some people are influenced for all sorts of reasons, sometimes unconsciously, right? Especially those that we grant authority status to, like as a parent, right? When I, when I became a father on January 3rd, 2008, for the first time, I was given authority status, dad, right? Or father. Or first year teachers, substitute teachers, they're immediately given authority in some capacity. But it doesn't mean that everybody's going to follow them. So it's also very likely that the person who influenced you has used the same methods that he or she learned from other people. And that's also a problem because most people's understanding of influence is extremely flawed. Most people perceive influence as to be getting people to buy into your way of thinking so you'll do what they, you'll, they'll, they'll do what you want them to do, right? So they perceive influence as getting people to buy into your way of thinking, but that's not influence, everybody, that's manipulation. And if we've seen in time and time again, manipulation might get people to do what you want them to do initially. But again, beyond that, there's not permanent change. They soon return to their old habitual ways of doing things. Their performance levels remain the same, or sometimes they get worse. And they're going to start to resent you. And you're going to start to resent them. 
even those of us who have attended training courses to improve influencing skills, right? When I went through my, my cognitive classes, we've been left short change because the training wasn't good enough or it wasn't long enough or it wasn't practical enough. Whatever it might be, it created this underlying assumption that somehow we were influencers because we went through a training, right? You're not going to be influencers because you spent an hour on this webinar today. I'm sorry to tell you. You may have a little bit of a better understanding. You may pick up one skill, but it's not going to, to grant you to that level. So influence is not bringing someone around to your truth. It's bringing them around to their own. In other words, it's about helping the person think into what's true for them than rather what's true for you as the observer. This is, this is the purpose and the objective of coaching. And here's, and here's a perfect example of how we sometimes get this wrong. Whenever someone asks for help, what do we do? Right? In the vast majority of cases, we give them advice. Even if we have no experience or knowledge of what they're asking for help with, we still just give advice, right? We just, we just tell people what to do or just, you know, give them answers. I mean, if you're any of these, you know, giant Facebook groups right now for educators, this is a big issue. Like there's 40,000 people just, you know, giving advice, right? Without any thought to the fact that the person giving me advice, are they successful at all? <laughs> right? Why do we do that? We do it because it's exactly how people have behaved towards us through our lives when we've asked for help. Oh, someone needs help. You know, we got to jump and help them. That's our job. Right? Our parents told us what to do and what not to do. When we were too young to know the difference between safety and danger, they pretty much kept us alive. alive. But as we got older, we became more self-sufficient. That approach is rarely re required. but but does it stop our parents or maybe authority figures in our lives continue to tell us what to do and what not to do? I'm really fighting this right now. My, my son has learned during quarantine to ride his bike really well to the point, everybody, where he rides down this massive hill with no hands. And I ride next to him and behind him and I'm freaking out because all I want to say is be careful. Put your hands on your bar, right? I just immediately wanted like keep him safe but I know that's not gonna bring him around to his truth. It's just to my truth because I'm the one who's afraid. Because I can't ride with no hands, everybody. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Maybe one hand for a little bit. If you can ride with no hands in there, put it in the chat box. I wanna know if anybody can still do this. When's the last time you tried? So let me get back on track. So the, so, so, so the implication of this is, right, that we, we grow up and become conditioned to always look for answers and challenges from other people without giving a moment's thought of whether the person concerned is more qualified than us to give the answer. It's, it's not unusual to hear the person who says, hey, I have a job interview, and then they ask, they ask for interview tips from someone who's maybe unemployed or underemployed. And this is what brings us to our biggest implication of all, that when somebody gives you advice, tells you what to do, and provides you with your answers, you no longer have to think. And when we give someone advice, when we tell them what to do, when we provide them with the answers, as well as intentioned as we might be, 
we're actually denying that person the opportunity to think, right? When you're shooting on people, don't shoot on people. Let them shoot on themselves. <laughs> We've been programmed to avoid thinking most of our lives, if not all of our lives. And I've already discussed how our parents, how I'm doing it right now, I fight it. They loved us dearly, and I love my kids dearly, but I don't know better. That's how I was raised. My mom, she was always like, don't do that, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> I find myself wanting to say it all the time. They told us what to do and what not to do. Then we go to school. And if you went through the same education system that I did, that every day you were taught what to think, not how to think. And we got to work, right? You got to work at your school. And then you were you know, basically told by your boss what to do and what not to do. That they gave us advice, directed us. You're, you know, you're put into training programs that teach us what to do. We're all products of our environment. And we've all been taught what to think and not how to think. And there's one thing I can guarantee that's limiting the people that you lead and denying them the opportunity to perform at a higher level is that's their inability to think. I mean, think about it. If you're a principal on this call, how many low-level questions does your staff bring to you and your team bring to you? If you're a teacher on this call, if you're a coach on this call, like low-level questions, like drive your day. People are constantly asking you to make decisions. And you just say, why can't you answer that, right? It's the first thing you think. Now, here's two reasons why this is such an important understanding to grasp. And first, we're not in the um, industrial age anymore, right? We live in the information age. Everything's entirely different. The Industrial Revolution was built on this, you know, autocratic, directed management, you know, style that assumed people were un, unresourceful and needed to be directed. If you're treating people like that today, you're going to shut them down and lose them. Now, there's no way anybody on this call is doing that because you wouldn't be on this call unless you were forced to be on this call if you're, if you're leading that way. Sorry, I was one slide behind there if you need to catch up. So secondly, right, secondly, ideas are the new currency, right? Creativity is new wealth. I already showed you examples from the front end, you know, Kodak to with their film issue and, you know, Apple, how they, how they evolved. If you're not unlocking the creative abilities of those you lead and you're not equipped to improve the quality of thinking that they're bringing into their, into their classrooms, into their, into their, you know, into their meeting rooms in their personal lives, then, then you're actually limiting not only the potential of your people, but your potential because your success is only going to be determined by the, by the success of the people around you. Does that make sense, everyone? It hurts a little. It hurts. So secondly, thinking is the highest function of which we're capable. It's not a subject taught in traditional or business education. And I wonder if who ended your school, your classical education school, do you guys have a thinking class, right? Is there a class for thinking? Because 
All great leaders from every walks in life in the last 6,000 years of recorded history have unanimously agreed that what we think about, we become. So is there a more important subject to understand that how we can help a person think? I can't think of anything that would be more important than that. You see, the bottom line is that the quality of a person's life will always be in direct proportion to the quality thinking that he or she has applied in their life. Right? You'll hear me say all the time, it's the, it's, the, it's the questions you're willing to ask and the questions you're willing to answer that are going to drive your quality. So poor quality of thinking can only produce poor quality results. Average thinking can only produce average results. Constantly improving quality of thinking can only produce constantly improving results. That's the law of cause and effect asserting itself right there. Awesome. I'm just checking out the chats, make sure I didn't miss, but good. All right. <laughs> So the thing is, right, so when you think about the last time most people, the people in our industry, right, the people in the education industry, you know, the people we employ or hire or the people that we serve did anything to improve their quality of thinking. Most people will never think to improve their thinking because they assume that they're already, that they're already thinking because they assume that somehow, somehow mental activity is, is a thinking. And it's not, right? It's just you know, staying alive, basically, for the most part. Mental activity does not constitute thought. Most people are just rerunning the same old mental patterns, the same old habitual ways of thinking every day, every week, every month, every year, in most cases, every decade. Right? When someone tells me they have 20 years experience in education, I really have to think. Is it, is it 20 years of evaluative experience or just 20 years of doing the same thing over and over again? And how can I tell? It's the results, right? If the results hardly change, I mean, results leave clues, everybody. 2,000 years ago, a wise teacher spoke in his truth when he said, by their fruits, you shall know them. Truth is that most people don't want to think, not because they're not capable, not because they haven't been given some creative abilities as any of the human beings, but because, and not because they don't, they don't lack any more potential in those areas of their natural giftedness than anyone, because it's just alien to them. It's just not, it's not something they want to do. I was helping my daughter today. She's doing Khan Academy and she's got to catch up because she's behind and we were doing a geometry problem. And she just said, I don't want to think about it. When I asked her, you know, what's the area of, how do you find the area of whatever that shape is? You know, it was a, it was a trapezoid or something. I don't want to think about it. That's scary. She's 12. And honestly, is it any wonder that, you know, people don't think we're all products of, of our environment. So if you spent your entire life being told what to think and what to do by other people, how would you, why would you operate in any different way? It's just, it's just what you've, You've done it. So Henry Ford said, he said, I love this. He said, thinking is the hardest work there is, and it's probably why so few partake in it. 
right? Truth is, most people are dread, dreadfully uncomfortable with the idea of thinking and will avoid it at all costs. And, and we have a society engineered to disengage the, the mind, right? Entertainment rules right now, television, YouTube, TikTok, right? Computer games, Minecraft, Roblox, like it, it rules the world right now. Pretty much all of them designed to avoid any need of thinking or creativity sometimes. And this is why George Bernard Shaw said, 2% of people think, 3% think they think, and 95% would rather die than think. So consider this, when do you think the last time the average person came into contact with someone who helped them think? I mean, when, put it in the chat box if you can remember, when's the last time someone helped you think? Now, maybe you have a coach or maybe you work with someone or maybe you, you know, maybe it was a podcast. That's all great, right? But you're a very small percent. You're the smartest people in the world right now to be on this call, by the way, but you're a very small percent. <laughs> It's very rare. Most people are directed and told what to do and what to think. Right? Therefore, they don't. So a leader empowers people to think into better results. Okay, so in your workbook, if you're going to be a person of influence, if you're going to be a person equipped to take people beyond their existing results, and you wouldn't be on this call if you didn't want to be, you have to be a person equipped to help other people think. And with the greatest respect, because I'm a little biased, unless you've been trained in our Maxwell method of coaching, it's unlikely that you are, right? Because an entirely different skill set is required than traditional directive style of leadership. If, if you're going to light up the performance of your, of your teachers, of your, of your administrative team, of your front office staff, or of your, of your family, or you know, whoever that you're, that you're leading, and ensure your team and employees are willing to go beyond their contractual obligation, right? Wouldn't it be great to create, <laughs> to create an organization of culture where, you know, people went above and beyond their contract every day, where, where, where like the principal's job was almost irrelevant because everybody just made really good sound, sound decisions, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> so the principal can actually strategize and do their job and really focus on those most important things. Where, where everybody overcomes their fears and their challenges so, you know, so they can live happier, more fulfilled lives. Then you need to draw from the deep reservoirs of your own potential. Right? Using the Maxwell Method of Coaching model that I'm gonna show you here. Now before you know, I elaborate on how you make that happen, so let's quickly focus on why learning how to coach is so vital to your success as a leader. Because as John says, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Then learning how to coach, obviously, is the most important education a leader can have. And why? Because next to our own behavior, in other words, like how we personally show up in life, coaching is the most powerful means of influencing another person to greater success. In fact, the ability to coach is what differentiates the manager from the leader. And most, most people completely misunderstand what coaching actually is. They think the uh, traditional view, right? The uh, sports coach, the expert, the tech, 
the you know the a technician and a tactician who 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 shares knowledge, experience, and and tells people what to do and how to do it. That's not what a coaching leader does. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The the last thing a coaching leader does is give people answers. Why you're asking? Because a true leader, a coaching leader, is in the business of helping people improve the quality of thinking that they're bringing into their own lives. That's influence. That's the art of transformational leadership. And that's why coaching is the most important skill set of a leader. So let's keep, let's keep on taking a look of why it is. So what I'm going to share is a very simple graphic that's going to open up a whole new level of understanding of what it takes to lead yourself to greater success in life. So don't allow the simplicity of this graphic that's in your workbook to, to show you its eye-opening ability to help you understand those you lead. Okay. Now, earlier I, I, I shared how thinking is the highest function of which we're capable. Right? It's not a subject taught in most or any maybe traditional or adult you know, business education, right? But, but even though all of the greatest thought leaders of the last 6,000 years of recorded history all agree that what we think about, we become. So if the quality of our thinking is the cause and effects of, 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 of we know to be results, then it makes sense that it's vitally important that we as leaders understand how, how we think. And we think in images, right? We think in images. If I ask you right now to think of your car, what do you see? Now, you don't see the words or the uh, uh, letters C-A-R, right? You, you, you see your car, right? Hopefully, everybody has one there. Or if I ask you to see your home, you don't think of the letters H-O-M-E. You, you, you see your home. Maybe it's your current home. Maybe it's a former home. Maybe it's a dream home. That'd be awesome. Now, think about your mind. What image do you get? And most people don't, don't get an image at all. Some get an image of a brain, right? It's very, very common. But again, misleading. The brain is a marvelously complex organ, but it's not the mind, right? Just to clarify, you think with the brain. It doesn't think independently of you. And to prove that point, <laughs> they still got Einstein's brain in a jar somewhere, right? I mean, it's, it's been no use to anybody. So mind is movement, and body is a manifestation of that movement. And so no one's ever seen the mind, and we think in pictures. So where there's no picture to work with, confusion kind of sets in. There's a proverb that states, where there is no vision, the people perish. And it doesn't mean they actually perish. Physically, it just means they do psychologically because the mind with no image to work with lacks clarity and direction. Hence, if you've been on any of our calls lately, I'm, I keep on shouting from the rooftop. Identify your vision of what you want school to look like when you come back. Paint the picture of your school because where there's no vision, the people perish. Right? So, if leadership is influence and results are effects, then as leaders, our, our, our job is to influence the mind, right? The mind to a leader is like the engine of a car to a mechanic. If the leader is the influence to others to greater results, he has, 
he or she has to get under the hood and influence at the cause of those effects. Now, that's, that's why this graphic that we're going to look at here is so important. It powerfully illustrates the creative process which our minds as we as leaders need to influence. And if we're going to help those, we lead to greater success. So again, don't allow the simplicity of the drawing to underestimate the understanding. Without this understanding and the inner eye of understanding it offers, your ability to influence others is limited. Right? There's nothing more important for a leader to grasp in this graphic. No one's ever seen the picture of the mind, right? And we're raised to operate predominantly through our five physical senses. We really tend to live, live in ignorance of anything we can't see, hear, taste, touch, or smell. And that limits our understanding, which is why most of us rarely focus on where our highest power is found. You know, preferring instead to focus on the lower side of nature, right? That visible physical body. And as magnificent as the physical body is, it's, it's just an instrument of the mind. Right? And that's why we're going to use this graphic. Okay? We're going to demonstrate the creative mind. So allow this larger circle, so it should be on your workbook, allow this larger circle that's appeared to be the mind. Right? Everybody, everybody should have this. And if not, you can you know, draw the picture, obviously, if you need to. I'm just checking in the chat, make sure everybody's good. So, the large circle representing the mind splits into, represent two primary functions of the mind. You have the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, right? So the conscious mind is your thinking mind. It's your free will. It's your, it's your reason and your intellect. It all lies here. It's also where your awareness lies. So the more consciously aware you become in an area of life, the less control you are by habit and the more success you'll enjoy as a consequence. This part of your personality has the ability to accept and reject and neglect any idea that's accepted uncritically from an outside source through those five physical senses, right? So for any idea originating in your conscious through the use of the imagination, right? So this is, this is the filter. So now as we're about to discover, even though the conscious mind provides us with the ability to think, it doesn't automatically mean that there's thinking going on. Remember, mental activity does not constitute thought. And even though the conscious mind has tremendous capabilities, there is not the most, it's not the most powerful part, right? That belongs to your subconscious mind, right? And this is your emotional mind. This is where you feel life. Every moment of your life is stored right here. All of your habits, all of your beliefs, which are the primary influence on the quality of your thinking and the architect of your results are formed and reside in this part of your personality. This is the seat of your untapped potential, okay? It's called untapped because you, you're just currently not aware of it, right? Your untapped potential awaits expression through conscious recognition. The subconscious has extraordinary capability. It's the part of you that's running your entire physical, right? Your entire physical body. In billions of the processes, they're all simultaneously underway within it as, as you're listening now. You're not, you're not consciously beating your heart. You're not consciously digesting food or doing any of the other billions of processes underway in your body right now. 
it's not being done by you. It's being done for you. If you had to consciously beat your heart, right? If you had to think to beat your heart, you, you know, you won't be here much longer. You'd be done after I finished this sentence. Now, even though this part of your personality is the most magnificent part of you, unlike the conscious mind, it has no ability to reject or neglect ideas. It can only accept what thoughts are impressed by the conscious mind. You see, you choose your thoughts, right? You choose to focus on positive or negative thoughts. You can choose to focus on the successes that you got to where you are today. Or you can focus on the failures of your perceived shortcomings. You can focus on the results that you'd like to have in life, or you can focus on the results that you're currently getting. Whatever you choose, there are implications. Many people do not give a second thought to what they're thinking or the implication. In fact, many people experience the same habitual ways of thinking for months and years and decades and never understand the cause and effect relationship between the way they think and the results they get. Not only that, with the 24 hour, seven, you know, seven day a week media that we all have now, we're continually bombarded with the mind with negative news stories, right? It's a wonder why we have so many people in full of fear and stress and anxiety and low self-worth when their conscious minds are flooded with this constant stream of, tox of uh, toxicity. Here's why this is so important. The thoughts you choose are impressed on the subconscious mind. And every thought your conscious mind chooses to accept, your subconscious has to accept. And those thoughts are impressed upon the subconscious mind. They cause feeling or emotion. And the word emotion is abbreviation for energy in motion. Right? So now that emotion and energy are in motion, it has to be expressed through the only physical medium by the subconscious mind controls, which is the body. And we know that that expression to be the actions and behavior, which ultimately generate the results we get in our lives. I'm going to pause here and let me know, like, is this, is this making sense? Like, are you starting to see this now? Like, can you see it in your own behavior? Can you see it in the results of, of your colleagues or of the teachers you lead or, you know, you know, maybe someone you work with? Put it in a chat box. Like, yeah, this is starting to make sense. <clears throat> Or maybe some of you know this. <laughs> you know this, but it doesn't, it doesn't change your results, right? Because the biggest gap in life we have is the gap between what we know and what we do. <coughs> Sorry. All right, Kristen, thank you for that transparency. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, all right. So this this is the this is the creative process that flows to and through us all okay it's always in operation it never ceases to call forth so whether you know the results it uh, generates are are you know perceived to be good or or bad they're just our results right and this is why most prominent thinkers throughout the ages all agree that what you and i think about we ultimately become 
right? I, you know, I have a speech impediment. I'm a stutterer. A good part of my life, I wouldn't talk <laughs> because what I thought about, I became, right? I became this dumb stutterer who no one wanted to hear or, or, or listen to. That wasn't other people's truth, but that was my truth. <laughs> That's what I believe. So therefore, I would avoid communication. I would avoid conversation. I've avoided asking really important questions to really amazing thought leaders that I was within a foot away because of, because I chose my thoughts, right? So the only quality control measure applied to the creative process is the one of your conscious choosing. So if you're not consciously choosing your thoughts, you're thinking as you've always thought, and the creative process will continue to call forth regardless. It can do nothing else but recreate the same kind of results over and over again. This is why people persistently fail to make improvements in their lives. They lack an understanding of how the creative process works and how to influence it to work in your favor. It's probably why I spent 10 years as a gambling addict, right? It's the same thing. I just never thought about anything different. I only thought about gambling. I never thought about the losing part of gambling or the implications of it. I only thought about actually gambling, right? But, so I just did it. I continued to do it. Right? Until my awareness changed, <laughs> until my thoughts and feelings and emotion finally got different. So this is really why, you know, joining joining our transformational leadership, you know, group is is so important, right? Because because you'll you'll learn how to coach yourself, right? You know, so so not only will you grow, right? Because you you are learning the coaching process you're practicing the coaching process, you're coaching other people. It's so critical to your success as a leader. And that's why we do it for, you know, a whole year. I know a whole year probably seems hard, but it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a monthly grouping support coach call just like this. We'll just be continually supporting you after you've gone through your coaching training. Coaching is the only means by which you can successfully interrupt your habitual ways of thinking. And honestly, if we don't do this, we just get, we, we get trapped in a perceptual cycle of continuous underachievement. I just hired a new coach and he's kicking my butt. And I'm, I'm a little bit terrified of my Friday session because I haven't been able to break this cycle, this perceptual cycle of underachievement, right? We're all there. Everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs to learn how to coach and everybody needs that coach. So here's what makes coaching so transformational. So let's, let's look at the graphic of the mind again in the creative process, maybe from a different angle, right? And, and look at cause and effect. So as leaders, we're, you know, we're looking to improve our results, okay? Because results are effects. And if we're to influence results, then most intelligent question we can ask is, what is the immediate cause of my results, right? The answer is my actions and my behaviors. And if you don't, you don't need any, any higher, you know, degree, you don't need to go to medical school to figure this out. <laughs> it's cause and effect. It's a law, right? 
but what is the immediate cause of our action and our behavior, right? This is where it gets interesting because if, if, if we're to strictly follow the wisdom of what we think about we become, the answer would obviously be how we think. However, as a true statement though, it doesn't go far enough to explain the ultimate cause and effect and relationship in the creative process. Because if we're to help improve how a person thinks into life, we need to understand what's currently influencing their existing way of thinking. And that brings us to our belief systems. Our beliefs are the architect of our thinking, our behavior, and our results. The problem is that we're not aware of them. They operate outside of our conscious awareness. And until a person becomes consciously aware of a belief system and the, implement, you know, and the implications of it, they can't evaluate and modify it in pursuit of greater results. I mean, have you ever wondered why so many people who go on diets to reduce their weight only end up you know, putting it all back on again? Or Alcohol Anonymous or Gamblers Anonymous, right? Have you ever wondered why so many people try to stop smoking and for a short time they just you know, return to maybe even sometimes a greater addiction? Have you ever attended a training program that had powerful information, but yet a few weeks later you, you know, forgot most of it and really didn't change anything in your results? How about New Year's resolutions? Right? Have you ever wondered why no matter how much you tell people to do something, they might do it once or twice, but you know, before long, they return back to that same old behavior time and time again. And it's because there's been no change at the level of beliefs. And like it or not, what a person believes about themselves, their potential, their abilities, and their future ultimately determines their success in life. And our beliefs reside in our subconscious, which means they are outside of your conscious awareness and you can't change what you're not aware of. You can pour as much information as you like into the conscious mind. If you fail to influence at both the conscious and the subconscious levels of the personality, there's no sustainable improvement in results. Right? So if you're, if you're trying to get better results and you come to it from this technician way, of I'm going to work harder, right? Or, or, or I'm going to get a different program. Like, that's not the answer. <laughs> you have to adapt, right? You have to come from an adaptive way. You have to come inside and really make a difference in you, right? It's, it's really self, it's really self leadership. Coaching is the only way that can help bring that out. And so that's why I'm, you know, I'm inviting you, you all in this, you know, session, uh, you know, we're going to have, have some sessions starting in June again. And um, it's a blended approach where you'll learn how to coach. And, and as soon as we can all get face to face again, it'll, you know, we'll, you know, we'll get these dates in mind. But it's, it's career defining. It's, it's, it's life changing. It's going to dramatically improve your ability to influence people at a greater success. It's the it's the coaching skills for leaders workshop that we host. And we've had over 80, 80 leaders go through it so far over the last year. And it's been incredible results. And it's a big part of our teacher leader consortium that, you know, we do as well. And so what it is, is it's an interactive workshop, you know, first. And um, 
it's it's a created to to transfer the skills that you need to improve your influence on other people and it's it's so powerful and and vital because really without these skills you're you're you know your ability to influence is 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 kind of restricted right so 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 you're if your ability to influence is restricted, this means that your ability to lead is restricted and which is going to always impact your results. If you've heard any of our talks about the law of the lid, right, you are the lid to your organization's success, whether you like it or not. So the more that you lift your leadership lid, you can lift the lid of other people, which will get you better results. So, so I want to make sure I'm very clear on this because it's really important. And your success depends upon it. Management and leadership are not titles or uh, positions as they are behaviors. And that's what this program will help you do is to really help you understand and change behaviors, right? Because you can find many people managing at the you know, executive level. They may have a business and, you know, people to lead, but it doesn't mean they're leading. Okay. doesn't mean that you're, you're a leading and, you know, and I'm so confident in this, you know, program that we do that I always offer a money back guarantee, right? It's, it's, I, I really feel that this, you know, program will dramatically improve the quality of your relationships um, at home, uh, with your family, right, with at work, with your team, uh, and pretty much anybody, <laughs> pretty much anybody. So um, you'll be taken through uh, the program by by you know myself and also Christian Simpson, who is the who's the creator of the program. So it's a, it's a hybrid model. Some's done through video, some's you know, done through uh, face in the face. And, and it's you know, a decade's worth of, of experience tying into, if you're a John Maxwell fan, uh, you, will, you will be learning a lot about John Maxwell during, during this uh, program uh, with it, right? So it's not, it's not just, hey, I'm gonna learn to coach and get a check mark or a, a, a certification. It is going to be a, a full, a full self-leadership, self-development, personal growth plan that you're going to be in. So uh, a year from now, or whether, you know, you can just do the half-day workshop if you want. But if you stay in the full, you know, you know a program and stay with it for an entire year, continuing to learn and grow and practice coaching and have accountability partnerships with other people in the program, I can guarantee you, you, you are going to grow uh, to the next level that you've never that you've never seen before. So what do you get? <clears throat> so you get, you know, the face-to-face -face workshop, um, which will be happen, uh, uh, you know, three different times. Um, and then you'll, you'll actually practice coaching with the other people in the program. Uh, each month we will come uh, together virtually uh, to get a little bit more, you know, training around coaching, a little bit, you know, focus on our uh, beliefs and, and we'll get some group coaching. Uh, you'll get fully resourced on how to create your own coaching program in your own school, right? Your own, um, how to, how to create coaching cycles, uh, how to, you know, uh, develop that. So we have uh, resources to support you to get there. Um, and what else, you know, you have the networking of other leaders, you know, to be with. So there's just so many incredible parts of the, of the uh, program. Um, I can't, you know, I, you know, I can't really um, talk much more about it. Uh, in a sense of what it's done for me, um, it's completely changed uh, my life in a sense of awareness, how I respond to people, how I communicate to people, uh, most importantly, how I uh, uh, communicate personally with my own family. I think that's probably been by far the, the, the largest growth for me um, is that. So 
uh, when, so you know what are the cost is probably what you're asking. Um, so there's, there is a, a half day workshop option, which is $197, right? So that's just the workshop and, and we'll do one in June and uh, July in uh, Raleigh and, and you know, we'll look for other places. We're looking to see if we could do the full thing virtually. It'll be hard, um, but that might be an option, you know, coming up if we, you know, continue to not uh, be able to put more than 10 uh, people in a room, but nine is a perfect number. So we're, we're looking to put nine leaders um, in a room together. Uh, it'll be three, three uh, groups of three in this next cohort uh, coming up. We'll do one in late uh, June and um, sometime in uh, July. And then from there, and, you know, Gwen, you know, this is the part of the program that you're already in. So we need to, um, you know, get this scheduled so you and your team can come in and do this half-day workshop. And then if you want to get into the advanced, you know, coaching skills uh, program, that's six weeks of more intensive uh, training, which is three half days um, and, and uh, coaching sessions. And then you have lifetime access uh, to the work and to the support group. Uh, so, you, so you pay one time. And, and you'll always have access. So we've had you know, folks in here for over a year that uh, continue to be on the monthly uh, support calls. And most importantly, anytime that we do the half-day workshop, you can come and you can come and spend a day with us and get, get a refresh or a reboot. So um, what questions might you have there? Good, I'm glad there's some good aha moments. Yeah, so what are, so what are some of your what are some of your thoughts? Not necessarily on, on, the, on the program, um, but there's the link if you want to learn more about it. Um, learn to coach leaders. Uh, and I can put it in the chat box. Probably be easier for you if you guys want to look at it there. So any thoughts on the, on the coaching model, on, the, on, on anything like that, or what, what you've experienced in the past, or um, questions you may have? Was it worth your time? I mean, you're all hung out. You're all still here. So I guess so, unless you fell asleep, <laughs> which I hope not. I hope it was valuable. It's a lot of, it's a lot of good information. Coaching is hard. Uh, I, love, I love the graphics as you know, simple as they are. And so, so, so uh, this is what I want you to do. Um, so when, when we hope to make a decision about the in-person versus virtual, uh, it'll be in the next you know, uh, two weeks. So I'm, gonna, I'm pretty sure we can do it virtually. Um, there are some really fun components of it because it's hands-on. And so I'm trying to figure out how to do the hands-on part uh, virtually, but that's a really good question. Uh, so here's what I want you guys all to do, no, no matter what, is I, now that you have a little bit more awareness, go back through your workbook, and I want you to identify where this is showing up in your life, right? Where is it potentially showing up that you um, – you are not getting to that next level, right? Your results are the same, but maybe you're working harder and you're trying to work differently. You need to find that attachment. There's something you're attached to. And I'll tell you my example, you know, right now is um, some of us, we, we think like a historian, right? So that means that any thing in the future that we want, right? Anything we want for ourselves, we have a hard time thinking that into our life because it hasn't been in our life. So therefore we make our plans based upon what we've experienced and do, right? So for mine, 
you know, we're, you know, uh, building out these uh, training sessions and these mastermind groups and they're really going well. And, you know, folks love them, you know, Nicole, you're in one and Kelly, you're in one. Right. And, and so, so I'm like, okay, well, we, you know, I want to do more. I want to do nine of them. You know, I want nine and I'm trying to make my schedule. And I, I'm like, well, okay, well, I can't, well, I can't do it at this time because somebody may call or I can't do it at this time because, well, that's usually when I do this. Right. So I can't let go of the old. And I'm like, Oh, duh, look what I'm doing. Like I need to be a, if, if you need to make new ideas and new opportunities welcome in your life, but to do that, you have to remove the parts that are keeping you attached. Does that, does that make sense? Right? You have to make new ideas and opportunities welcome into your space, but you only have 168 hours in a week, right? 24 hours in a day. So some things have to go. But sometimes we get so attached to our current results right? We overestimate how good our current results are and we underestimate how good our results could be. And so that's, that's what, that's what I think coaching has done for me over time has helped me think into better results to get the help to get those better results and remove some negative self limiting beliefs or, you know, behaviors that were taken out of the way. So awesome. All right. Well, we would love to have you in there and, and you can go to that link and you can sign yourself up. And like I said, if we, everything's a money back guarantee. So if we don't do it, or if you don't like it, I'll, I think we actually offer 110% money back guarantee on this one. <laughs> you can get your money back plus 10, 10% or, you know, bring it into one of your other programs that you're already in. Uh, right. So if you're in something and you want to add this, uh, you know, to it, we can certainly do that. So can overthinking be an issue? Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is right? You, you are, you are attached to something, right? You're the overthinking is I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid of the, um, let's just call it a future negative. It's a negative that hasn't happened in my life, but I've already put it into my life, right? And I think the perfect uh, example is right now in schools, we are, we are afraid to make a plan because we don't know what the results of that plan would be. So therefore we may lose our credibility or our, our, you know, current success or we're, or we're afraid to, to put a foot uh, or like a stake in the ground because we think that our parents may leave us or, or like our parents won't like, so we're already creating a future negative to something that hasn't happened, which might be a better result, a better opportunity for us. So cool. All right. Well, good. Um, all right. Yes. So, so good. So if you listen to the archive, I'm Tom Miller. Hope, hopefully this was valuable to you. Add a comment, share it out with someone, uh, let other people know that they have to, that what they think about they become, and there's a way out. And I would love to help you uh, to get there. So you can reach out at Tom at lbleaders.com and learn more or go to that website, which is, uh, on leaders lbleaders.com and you can search the coaching and you'll find it. Bye-bye everybody. Have a wonderful day. Go hug your kids and your family. Be good. Don't overthink things, Kelly.